1: What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, May the 7th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, each and every day... I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, rumors about new additions already pouring in. We'll give you a brief introduction into former Packer backer Nick Perry. Plus, Miami adds a couple of quarterback arms for rookie minicamps and will project the best lineups by personnel package for the 2019 season. And lastly, we'll touch on some more Josh Rosen topics. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya Podcast app Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Tuned in, Google Play. However, you get your podcast, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter at Wingfil NFL. Once voted the number one follow on all of Dolphins Twitter and the show at Locked fins and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, the top number one blog in the entire Locked On network, as well as the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked Heat Podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. First down on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. And first, we have some news, and this could be out of date even by the time you listen to this podcast. But the Dolphins are reportedly seeking the services of former Packers linebacker, former first-round draft pick out of Southern Cal, Nick Perry. And Perry while very talented, has had some issues staying on the field throughout the course of his seven-year career. And that's the order of the offseason for the Miami Dolphins, isn't it? Sign a talented player that comes at a reduced cost for one reason or another, usually injuries. And if they earn themselves a big contract on the open market next year, you collect the comp pick and you outsmart the rest of the league once again, or I suppose you can always just pay the player yourself, right? I mean, we know Miami's going to have the money next year, but that's neither here nor there. Perry was with Patrick Graham, the Dolphins' new DC, last year in Green Bay, playing strictly linebacker as he did throughout his career. But if you go to Perry's pro football reference page, they refer to him as a linebacker last year, whereas previous years it was right or left outside linebacker. So interesting designation there from PFR. He played and started in nine games and had just one and a half sacks. And I can't sit here and tell you what the cause of that was though I do suspect it was a role change as his workload was drastically reduced from 2017 to 2018. He went from averaging more than 70% of Green Bay's defensive snaps when he was healthy on the field and then dipped down to roughly 50% this last year, a big reduction in play snaps. If he does sign... You know Locked On Dolphins is going to have you guys covered on his film study and a much deeper dive into the analytics and how he'll fit on this roster. In 2016 and 2017, he combined for 18 sacks, 11 and 7 in those two respective seasons. So he has been effective sacking the quarterback as recent as just two years ago, and he just turned 29 years old. He's six foot three, 265 pounds, and I think he'd provide the Dolphins with an upgrade again if he can stay healthy, much like Eric Rowe over at cornerback. Other less exciting and also less speculative news, the Dolphins invited a pair of quarterbacks to camp this weekend. Western Illinois quarterback Sean McGuire, he's going to be there. And so will Miami Hurricane product Malik Rozier. And I know most of you guys probably aren't that big of a fan of that idea. I'm not a fan of Rozier's game whatsoever, but neither of these guys are going to make the roster. But it will be a nice little paycheck for them to come in for the weekend and help the rookie pass catchers get some work in and maybe help them get their name back into the NFL circle and catch on somewhere else, perhaps. We'll have you guys covered, as always, for Dolphins Rookie Minicamp this weekend. Again, it's Thursday through Sunday, so we'll digest the player interviews, coaches' availability, tell you what stood out, and maybe some of the comments and how that might lend us a ear in terms of what the Dolphins plan to do with some of these players. That'll be a topic for the Friday mailbag show and we'll get really deep into the weeds on Sunday's show. And this portion of the podcast is usually where I transition into either the second segment or finish up the news items. And I always save the lockdowndolphins.com content for segment number two, the stuff that I or our other writers write for LOD.com. But this one is lengthy, so I need to at least introduce the column and the idea here before we jump into segment number two. It's up on LockedOnDolphins.com. It's called Ideal Lineups for the 2019 Miami Dolphins, and this idea, the concept for this article was born because I was sitting on my couch watching TV late at night and my mind tends to stick towards football 24 hours a day. And I started thinking about which personnel groupings would fit the personnel the Dolphins have on offense the best. And so I started writing things down and then I thought, well, hey, that's going to turn into an article and I can do the defensive side of the football too. And of course you have to look at this or go through this with kind of a fine tooth comb because this could change. It can be so adjustable throughout the course of the season and even leading up to the season. But again, we're operating under the assumption that guys are healthy and we're not going to try to account for injuries because again, like the projections for snap counts, it, that's just too messy and it becomes too much of a project trying to figure out who's going to get hurt. And I'd rather not talk about guys that are probably going to get hurt or might get hurt. But you look at the offensive play groupings, and there are nine common groupings for the offense to run. And this doesn't include some of the exotic packages you'll see other teams run. Or even last year with Miami, they ran 31 personnel in the Patriots game, and Brandon Bolden, lo and behold, ripped off a 54 yard touchdown play against the Patriots, against his former team with Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, and Bolden, three backs on the field. That doesn't happen. Those rarities make up less than 1% of any offenses given package deployments throughout the course of the game. So, we're going to focus on the core nine and we're going to come back on the other side of the podcast here and talk about those core nine personnel groupings as well as who best belongs in those groupings and do the defense. But first, before we turn the page here, as the Dolphins rookies descend on Davey this weekend, are you hiring? Do you need to find some top-notch talent to turn your organization around or maybe just strengthen your already established powerhouse? Either way, hiring is challenging and exhausting. It takes way too long, too many applicants to go through. But ZipRecruiter makes that easy with ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter is the one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates every single day. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match like Dan Marino to Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate like Christian Wilkins through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's a beautiful Tuesday out here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm sure it's the same way down in South Florida. As we are about to kick off rookie minicamps over the weekend... And that really is just the first step towards the offseason programs, which of course will all conclude with organized team activities as the entire program comes together to really put together their first practices, their first mandatory appearances together under this new coaching staff. And for one, I am pretty freaking excited about what this team is going to be, not just this year, but laying the foundation for a future successful organization. I think we have the pieces in place to make that happen. They obviously have a lot more work to do. But it all begins this weekend, and in 2019, the Dolphins are going to look a lot different than they have in the past. They're going to run fullbacks onto the field. They're probably going to play more tight ends. The defense is going to be way more multiple, and that's why this piece up on LockdownDolphins.com, ideal lineups for the 2019 Miami Dolphins, and this is my 1.0 post-draft edition because like a lot of guys like to do mock drafts, I'm going to do mock drafts lineups and lock snap count projections for the Miami Dolphins in 2019 and try to give you guys an idea of what to look for going into preseason as well as the regular season when the Dolphins do kick off on September the 8th at Hard Rock Stadium against those Baltimore Ravens and hopefully I, you know, I know people want to tank, but I want to beat the damn Ravens in that first game and put that losing streak to that team to rest because the only times the Dolphins ever beat the Ravens are in years when frankly, who cares about Miami's record, the 2015 season at the end of that year, when that year was off the rails and 2007, I'm not going to say that when it was meaningless, but they were one in 15, though it was a huge, huge win at the time. That's neither here nor there. Let's jump into these projections for who will play in which personnel groupings. We talked about the nine common offensive groupings in the previous segment. And those are 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 13, 21, 2023, 20, 01, 10, and 00. And you guys can find the explanations for those up on the article on lockdowndolphins.com. And I wanna just run through these real quick and talk about why I have them the way, that, the way that I do. 11 personnel is pretty basic. That's what Adam Gaze ran just about every play in Miami. Kenyon Drake is the one running back, Mike Kosicki, the one tight end. And then the three receivers that I think will be your three starters in 11 personnel. Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and Kenny Stills. And then 12 personnel comes onto the field, and that's where things change. You have Kenyon Drake still as the back, Mike Kosicki and Dwayne Allen. They were brought here, in my opinion, together to operate out of 12 personnel to be polar opposites and give Miami ultimate flexibility in this package. And I'm going with Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant as the two receivers. I thought they were absolutely dynamic in that package last year, and Miami should have ran it a lot more than they did When both those guys were healthy, I'm excited to see what those two can do. And if you haven't seen Albert Wilson's video up on Twitter of him and Jakeem Grant running around the highlight videos to a Queen song, Don't Stop Me Now, check that out. It was awesome to see. I cannot wait to watch those two guys ball out again together this year. And then 13 personnel, which is one back, three tight ends. Kalen Balazs comes onto the field for this one. I think he's a bit more of a hammer, but I also think he has the pass-catching ability, kind of like Damian Williams did, where you can run little play-action flat routes and get him involved in the passing game that way. The three tight ends, I'm going to take Mike Kosicki off the field and go Dwayne Allen, Durham Smythe, and Nick O'Leary here because this is our heavy package, and we're going to pound the football down folks' throats. And Kenny Stills is the receiver mostly because this is going to be very, very special situations, and I just trust Kenny Stills the most. 21 personnel, Kenyon Drake and Chandler Cox, the fullback with Dwayne Allen at tight end, and then I have Albert Wilson and Devontae Parker at wide out because, again, this is more of a power set, and I think Devontae Parker can come onto the field in this grouping, this package, and make some plays. The 20 personnel, two backs, no tight ends, Drake and Balazs, man, I can't wait to see that package this year. Those two are special on the field together with Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and Kenny Steele. In 23 personnel Kenyon Drake and Chandler Cox again the two backs the three tight ends and this package is never going to get ran all that often if not just a few times a year but Dwayne Allen Durham Smythe and Nick O'Leary again taking Gasecki off the field in those power sets 0-1 personnel no running backs one tight end is Mike Gasicki. And then you have four receivers, which are Wilson, Grant, Stills, and Parker. And then your your 10 personnel rather, and your OO personnel is basically just Kenyon Drake, your best running back with your four best receivers, Wilson, Grant, Stills, and Parker. And then zero personnel is five wide, so Wilson, Grant, Stills, Parker, and Butler. You guys can read that on LockedOnDolphins.com. As far as the defense goes, now on the offense, you have your quarterback and your offensive line that are going to play every snap in a perfect world. Those guys don't leave the field because you don't want to have any injuries. And the one guy that I would have on the offensive line that would get extra work is Isaiah Prince. If he can earn a spot on the roster out of training camp, he would be the guy that comes in for your heavy package, your sixth offensive lineman to hopefully come in and knock some heads around as an extra blocker into the game that way. So he comes on the field there on the defensive side of the ball. There's really just four players and it's all in the secondary that would stay on the field for every play again in an ideal world. They are Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, your number two cornerback, whoever you want to put there. I'm going with Eric Rowe. And then Mika Fitzpatrick and Rashad Jones. And the linebacker, Rayquad McMillan. And typically... Your best linebacker, one linebacker on the roster would probably be another 100% snap taker. But just after I went through this, looking at the personnel packages, I think there's times when McMillan comes off the field because you want someone more adept in coverage and more adept at blitzing the quarterback. And I think McMillan can blitz effectively in terms of knowing his gap integrity and which lanes to rush. But we saw him get exposed in coverage a lot last year. That's not his game. I hope they try to stay away from that as much as they can and get him working downhill. So he's maybe not a 100% player. And I did put all the personnel packages the Patriots ran in 2018 under Brian Flores. And there's a lot of them, but a lot of them only have like one snap or three snaps or seven snaps throughout the course of the entire season. Again, check out the lockdowndolphins.com article to see all of that. But for the sake of the exercise, I removed any personnel package that had less than 20 snaps because I just don't think it's important to talk about. So I put out there the 31 and 22 and all these different personnel packages that's going to rely upon multiple different looks, multiple different fronts. And I'm not going to read this one off because it's kind of convoluted and there's a lot of redundancy in there. But again, check it out up on lockdowndolphins.com. The bottom line is this. Miami is going to look very, very multiple on defense in the front seven. At linebacker on the defensive line, they're going to have different package rotations, and a lot of guys are going to play snaps for this team going forward. And the biggest takeaway I think I had from this article is that Christian Wilkins, that dude's going to play a lot because I have him, let's see, I have him on every defensive package that I put on there because... Well, he's the best player of the group, in my opinion. And Vincent Taylor was checking in at number two in that spot. And Devon Godshaw, just because he doesn't rush the passer as well as Vincent Taylor, is kind of the number three there. So basically rotating these guys into roles they can fulfill themselves, but also just putting the best guys on the field. And of course, the defensive side of the ball, you're going to have a lot more substitution and a lot more rotation. As you'll recall, last year, there was drives entire series where Cam Wake and Robert Quinn come off the field, as well as Akeem Spence and Devon Godshaw and they put the entire backup defensive line in and go at it that way because conditioning on defense is a different animal than it is on offense and just a couple more housekeeping items here again going off the Patriots model there are instances when the Patriots who would bring their fifth defensive back onto the field typically and traditionally the fifth defensive back is your nickel cornerback i.e Bobby McCain coming onto the field for 75 to 80 percent of the snaps but the Patriots a lot of times Their fifth defensive back was a safety in the mold of Deron Harmon, and they would match up with the safeties in man coverage and let Harmon play single high center field. I don't think Miami has the personnel to make that happen. In fact, I've talked about it a lot that TJ McDonald might not have a role in this defense. I think Marie Smith could get an elevated role in this defense if they don't make any more additions. And other players that didn't really make my list here of players in this personnel packaging, Andrew Van Ginkle, I think he has a shot to play a lot this year if he proves himself early on. And of course, the potential Nick Perry signing, as well as other guys that could be signed by the time you hear this podcast once again on this Tuesday, as the comp formula no longer counts against teams that make free agent acquisitions today. Nick Perry could be on the team as well as other guys could join this team as well so we'll update this throughout the course of the summer but next on the podcast we're going to come back and talk about a jason lock and for article that's pretty strange we'll do that and talk about some josh rosen tidbits all that next locked on dolphins podcast at wingfield nfl at locked on fins if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage
0: this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Far be it for me to bang on a national reporter with big time credentials and a well known following, but I think at this point of his career, Jason Lockenfora is more well-known for getting reports wrong, just inaccurate reporting in terms of insider information, and that's what he's become. But there's this article up on CBSSports.com where Jason Lockenfora used those resources and those credentials to get himself in front of NFL executives and talk about the Miami Dolphins trade of quarterback Josh Rosen to acquire the second-year quarterback, the 22-year-old quarterback, and where... Rosen would have fallen in this year's class of quarterbacks, which to me kind of seems like a given. Obviously, Kyler Murray was far away the number one quarterback for me in this entire class. And then I think Dwayne Haskins might enter that conversation. But after that, worst case scenario, Josh Rosen to me was the number three quarterback in this class. And that's not where he went in the draft class if you determine the 68th pick to be where Josh Rosen technically went to Miami because we know that Murray went first. Daniel Jones winds up going sixth. Drew Locke goes number 42, I think it was, to the Denver Broncos. Dwayne Haskins goes 15th in the first round. And I think Ryan Finley came off the board after that. So Josh Rosen goes fifth quarterback taken technically, in this class and Jason Locke and Fora talked to some NFL executives and here's a blurb from this article why the Cardinals aren't the only potential losers in the perplexing saga of Josh Rosen up on CBS Sports so I set out about asking some evaluators I know and trust who work for teams that were not in the rookie quarterback market whatsoever to answer some questions for me I wanted to know, based on their draft grades from last year and this year, how they would rank Josh Rosen up against the first five quarterbacks in the 2019 draft, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, and Ryan Finley. These are teams with no dog in the fight and nothing to gain or to lose, especially after the draft, and teams that have done a good job evaluating quarterbacks over time. Now, he qualifies that by saying these teams have good track records, but... Again, that's almost like a scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Maybe it's not. It just seems nefarious in nature to me. But this was his list. There are three executives that gave, or three teams, I guess we're calling them teams or evaluators, They gave their list of how they would stack Josh Rosen among this year's quarterbacks. And again, he technically went fifth off the board of these guys. The first executive says, number one, Kyler Murray. Number two, Josh Rosen. Three, Locke. Four, Haskins. Five, Jones. Six, Finley. So again, Rosen falls number two right there behind Kyler Murray. Pretty damn good company. Evaluator number two has again, Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Finley, Daniel Jones, 6, which is hilarious. So again, Josh Rosen, number 2. But Evaluator, number 3, goes Josh Rosen, number 1, Kyler Murray, number 2, Dwayne Haskins, number 3, and so forth and so on. So again, talking about the value the Dolphins get out of this trade, out of this draft pick, it's all apparent that they really swooned one over the rest of the NFL and got maximum value, especially when you consider they got an additional second round draft pick next year and essentially spent their pick this year on Rosen and picked up another pick next year to go along with that. It's fantastic value, even though I still believe that Josh Rosen is not your starting quarterback opening day 2020. And I'll tell you why here in just one second. Even if that's the case, you still got cheap labor for a backup quarterback. Are they going to have to trade him off next year? Maybe they can, but if they do, that's pretty good value in borrowing him for a season, doing the evaluation yourself, and then parlaying it into a future draft pick into a year where you want more capital and a year where you expect to have more chances to contend in 2020 than you do in 2019. And this all comes back to my idea that was really established before I got into the tape on Josh Rosen. And granted, I'm only two games in so far to his 2018 tape with the Arizona Cardinals. But I do believe that I break this stuff down more in-depth than anybody you're going to find on Dolphins Twitter or in the Dolphins universe because I watch every snap, just slow motion, play it back over and over again, look at the personnel groupings, and you're going to see these articles up on LockdownDolphins.com. I think I'm going to drop them all at once as one big extravaganza during a dead period so we can all have something to read during that off period. But it's looking at Josh Rosen from every single angle, what they called for the play call, what the personnel grouping was, which side of the field he threw it to, whether it was the field or the boundary, the route they ran, the yardage of the air depth, the yards after catch, whether it was shotgun under center, did they convert a first down, what was the pressure like in terms of hit, hurry, or sack, how long did it take for that pressure to get there? You guys are well-versed on this. You know how in-depth it gets. That's what I'm doing on Josh Rosen. And through two games of that study, I was very impressed with the first game against the Seahawks, where he had the Cardinals in, in position to win that game late, and they took the ball out of his hands, much like Adam Gaze did to Ryan Tannehill in Indianapolis last year, and he was moving him down the field with some very nice throws, some highlight level throws, and then he comes back the next game, his second start of his career in San Francisco, and his first play is a gorgeous Pre-snap, post-snap manipulation, moving a safety with his eyes and dialing up a long ball for a 75-yard touchdown pass to Christian Kirk. And I'm thinking at that very moment, Cardinals fans had to be thinking, oh my God, yes, we got it right post Carson Palmer. Palmer's gone, but we got it right with Josh Rosen because to that point, he looked like the truth. But then... That's when the inconsistency started to pour in. He missed some easy throws. And you look at what he had to work with. Yes, the offensive line was a disaster. Yes, the receivers, they were bad. And they dropped a lot of balls. But you look at the accuracy of Josh Rosen, whether it's throwing to a landmark, throwing the ball to the correct shoulder or hip, the accuracy has to improve because he oftentimes throws the ball off target and the receiver has to spin and make a pirouette just to make the catch. And I know that those technically don't go down as drops, but he can do better. He can improve his accuracy at many, many levels. And I think that has to be the aim this year for the Dolphins is to try to find a way to get more consistency out of Josh Rosen with the accuracy, which is strange again because the mechanics are clean. He's just not clean from an accuracy standpoint on a consistent basis, much in the way Ryan Tannehill was not always consistent. But we have more games to watch. I'll get to more of that for you guys. Hopefully the missed layups become fewer and further between. But again, again, Rookie quarterbacks tend to do that, so we'll see what happens with Josh Rosen the rest of this film study. You guys can find that on LockedOnDolphins.com as well as the rest of our content, but as for today... That's going to be my time. If you guys have a smart speaker, you can pull it up in your car or wherever you are with that smart speaker. Just say play Lockdown On Dolphins podcast for your daily dose. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingful nfl. Follow the show at Locked Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.